lift your voice, bless him. Magnify Father, we give you praise. Lord, we worship your name. You are such a great God. You are such an awesome You are worthy of all the praise, worthy of all the glory. precious name we have worshipped hallelujah Amen. I said hallelujah Amen. I want us before we sit down I want us to pray you are going to pray number one Lord arise in my life and let every enemy be scattered lift your voice and pray father arise in my life and let every enemy be scattered. Arise in my life. Lord, I pray, may you arise in my life. And let every enemy be scattered. Arise in my life and let every enemy be scattered. Arise, Lord of glory. Arise spiritually financially maritally in business in career lord arise in my life and let every enemy be scattered 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 arise in my life and let every enemy be scattered let every enemy be scattered let every enemy scatter, 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 scatter. Let every enemy be scattered. Lord, I give you thanks. Lord, I give you praise. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Matthew 15 and verse number 13, every plant that my father, has not planted shall be uprooted you are going to announce father every plant in my life in my marriage in my health in my business in my career anything happening anywhere in my life that is not your doing i uproot it now lift your voice and pray father in the name of jesus every plant in my life Every plant in my health, every plant in my finances, every plant in my career, in all the works of my hands, not planted by you, is now uprooted in the name of Jesus. Every such plant of darkness is uprooted in the name of Jesus. 
I announce that every plant of darkness anywhere in my life is uprooted in the name of Jesus. Is uprooted in the name of Jesus. Is uprooted in the name of Jesus. Is uprooted every plant of darkness, every plant of sickness, disease, poverty, financial struggles, marital affliction, any kind of demonic sabotage against my life. You are uprooted in the name of Jesus. You are uprooted in the name of Jesus. You are uprooted in the name of Jesus. You are uprooted. You are uprooted right now. Right now. Right now. You are uprooted. 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 You are uprooted in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. You are uprooted. You are uprooted. You are uprooted. Every planting of darkness against my life as a man. You are uprooted in the name of Jesus. You are uprooted. Every mountain rising against me, you are uprooted. Every mountain rising against me, you are uprooted. Every plant of darkness, every plant of darkness, every plant of wickedness against my life, you are uprooted in the name of Jesus. You are uprooted in the name of Jesus. You are uprooted. You are uprooted. You are uprooted. You are uprooted. Thank you, mighty God. Lord, we give you praise. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Hallelujah. May we please give thanks to God for hearing and answering our prayers. May we lift our voices. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless, honor, and exalt your holy name for hearing and answering our prayers. We glorify your holy name, Lord of glory. We thank you. We bless you. We glorify your holy name. Thank you, Father, for hearing and answering our prayers. We celebrate you this morning. We glorify you, Lord of glory. We glorify you, Lord of glory. We glorify you, Lord of glory. We worship your holy name. In Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. May we clap our hands for the Lord. Hallelujah. And we may please be seated. Well, we bless God once again for the opportunity is given us to meet as men in this, uh, what we are calling Men's Empowerment Summit. Amen. We are here to be empowered through the word of God. And I have no doubt that everyone who has come will have it well this year in the name of Jesus Christ. Please, can I hear your shout of amen? amen. Hallelujah. We are believing God that through these convocations, our lives will be sharpened, our lives will be transformed to become more productive men for the nation, but also for our families and even for the church. We are looking forward to having you 
in these meetings every month. And believe you me, as you come, your life is going to take a new turn. Your businesses, what you do in life is going to take a new turn. Your families are going to take a new turn. And that is going to be not only for your own self, but also for the good of the communities around us. Because if there is confusion today in our world, it is because men have lost their place. There are so many men that have lost their place in the home. They have lost their place in the church. They have lost their place in the community, but they have also lost their place in the nation. So many of them. Actually, if there is one question that God is asking men in our generation, is that same question he asked Adam in Genesis chapter 3. Adam, where are you? God is asking men that question. Men, where are you? Because you seem not to be taking your rightful place in the home. You're not taking your rightful place in the marketplace. You are not taking your rightful place in the church. You are not taking your rightful place in your generation. So God is asking, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And most likely, God is asking those of us that are here, where have you been? <laughs> now that you have come, where have you been? Where have you been? We need to be appropriately located as men in our generation. And we would want to believe that through these meetings, so many men will be assisted to locate their rightful places in destiny. Hallelujah. And I know you are one of them, and so can I hear your shout of amen. amen. I will be speaking to us in this service on a message that I have entitled, Men of Dominion. Men of Dominion. Men of Dominion. And I'll be reading two passages. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28, and Psalm number 8, verses 4 to 8. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28 happens to be our anchor passage for the year because God has told us that this is our year of all-round dominion. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. In Psalm number 8, 
verses 4 to 8. Psalm 8, the Bible says, verse number 4, What is man that you are mindful of him? This is David, the psalmist, posing this question to God in song. He says, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. Verse number 6. It says that God has made man to have dominion. To have dominion. God's original purpose or intention for mankind has always been dominion. The sole reason why God brought man on earth was for man to have dominion. To have dominion in all spheres of life. To have dominion in all spheres of life. We know that because in verse number 26 of Genesis chapter 1, God said, let them have dominion over what? Number one, the fish of the sea. That is, let man have dominion over the marine world. Over the birds of the air. Let man have dominion in the air. That is why man today is able to fly a heavy object like a plane in the air. That's exercising dominion over the air. And then he says, let them have dominion over the cattle, over all domestic animals. Not only that, let him have dominion over all the earth, over all the earth over vegetation, over rivers, over everything, over the mountains. And then he said, let them also have dominion over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So what you see in this verse 26 of Genesis chapter 1 is that man was given all round dominion. Dominion on every side. Dominion on every side. That means it is not permitted for us to be under any kind of captivity or any kind of subjectivity. God did not make man to be subjected to any kind of torture, any kind of torment, any kind of affliction. Man was made for rulership. Somebody shout with me, I was made for rulership. Because to have dominion simply means to exercise rulership. To have dominion means to exercise authority. 
It means to reign, to have overriding influence, overriding influence. So God brought us around as influencers. We are the influencers. We are the influencers. We are here to reign. We are here to subdue. We are here as overcomers. And the issue of dominion cannot be told without making reference to the life testimony of Father Abraham. Who, according to the New Testament scheme of things, is the father of all that believe. The father of all that believe. The father of all that believe. Now, if God is talking to his children, the believers today, about all-round dominion, then the believers better go back to their father. The foundation of our faith, I'm talking about Father Abraham. And so what we want to do in this session is to take a quick study of the life of Abraham and appreciate two things about his life. Number one, the extent or scope of his dominion because Abraham the father of us all that believe was a man of great dominion. So we want to dissect the extent or scope of Abraham's dominion. That is the first thing we're going to do as we look at his life. Number two, we are going to glean secrets of his dominion from his story. Because somebody said that the secrets of men are in their stories. The secrets of men are in their stories. So as we look at the story of Abraham, we are going to glean some secrets out of it. Secrets of the kind of things that made him to be a man of dominion in his generation. I would want to believe that as we key into these secrets and commit to practicing them, we are going to enjoy the same order of dominion that he enjoyed. You believe that? Can I hear your shout of amen? amen? So we are taking a quick study of the life of Abraham to appreciate two things. Number one, the extent or scope of Abraham's dominion. Number two, the secrets of Abraham's dominion. What were the secrets that made him to be a man of dominion in his time? Now, let's move right away to look at the scope of Abraham's dominion. The scope of Abraham's dominion. How do we know that this man was a man of great dominion? Number one, obviously, he was very rich. He was very rich. Genesis chapter 13 and verse number 2. The Bible says, And Abraham was very rich in livestock, in gold, and in silver. He was very rich. Rich people are people of dominion. When you have money, no matter how gray-haired somebody may be, they will still bow to you because of the money that you have. This man, Abraham, was very rich. That is how we know that he was a man of dominion he was very rich very rich in what 
in livestock, very rich in gold, very rich in silver. Actually, his own servant testified in Haran, pardon Aram, Genesis 24 and verse number 35. Genesis 24 and verse number 35. He said, and God has blessed my master greatly. God has blessed my master greatly. And then he makes a listing of the kind of things that God blessed Abraham with in that Genesis 24 and verse number 35. Let's look at it. It says in verse number 35, The Lord has blessed my master greatly, and he has become great, and he has given him what? Flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female servants, and camels and donkeys. That's being rich. Number two, the scope of Abraham's dominion. He was great in business. He was great in business. He was a business tycoon of that time. He was a business magnet of his generation. And I'm believing God that by this service, some business magnets will be emerging here in the name of Jesus Christ. How do we know that he was a business magnet? It's because he had multifaceted lines of business. Abraham had multifaceted lines of business. He was in animal husbandry. The Bible says he was very rich in livestock. I gave you Genesis chapter 13 and verse number 2, which is animal husbandry. He was a big man in that field. But also, he was very rich, hear this, in gold and silver. That means he was involved in the money market. He was a business guru in the money market, in the financial services industry of that time. If it were in our time, this man would be owning a chain of banks or microfinance institutions. All kinds. Very rich in gold and in silver. I'm sure you know that there is a gold market today in the financial markets. Gold. They sell gold. Let's appreciate something from Genesis chapter 13. Again, we read verse number 2, but I want us to look at verses 5 to 7. Verse number 2 says that Abraham was very rich. Now, verse number 5, it says, Lot also who went with Abraham had flocks and herds and tenants or tents. Verse number 6, now hear this. Now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together. That is Abraham and Lot. The land was not able to support them that they might dwell together for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. Their possessions in business. Their possessions were so great that the land was not able to accommodate them. Don't you think you need the kind of dominion like this? That it will be so huge that the land will not be able to accommodate you. About Isaac. 
King Abimelech said, move out of this country because you are mightier than us. That is Abimelech talking to Isaac. And Isaac was a son of Abraham. And we that believe in Jesus Christ are equally the descendants of who? Abraham. All descendants of Abraham, as we see it in the scriptures, were mighty in their time. They were mighty in their time. Isaac was one of them. Jacob was one of them. Job, one of them. Solomon, one of them. David, one of them. They were mighty. They were mighty. They were mighty. They were mighty. Because the seed of an elephant doesn't need to intercede to be huge. If you're a child of an elephant, whether you eat or not, you will become as big as an elephant. Hallelujah. And if Father Abraham was not a small man, why should I be a small man? And why should you be a small man? Tell your neighbor, I refuse to be small. Hallelujah. Spiritually, you are not a descendant of your Gogo. You are a descendant of Abraham. A descendant of Abraham. Thank God for where you come from physically. Maybe you come from Misoko Hills. But spiritually, you don't come from there, sir. You come, you, you have a source called Abraham. And that is why you have to look at him. Praise the name of Jesus. I said praise the name of Jesus. He was great in business. Number three, he was great in status. He was great in status. Abraham was a statesman. A statesman. Now, I want us to see something here because I believe that will help us appreciate the kind of dominion that this man enjoyed in his generation. Genesis 23. I'm looking for verse number 6, but please, I'll start reading from verse number 1. Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. So Sarah died in Kirhath Eber, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan, and Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Then Abraham stood up from before his deed and spoke to the sons of Heth. He spoke to the sons of Heth. I am a foreigner and a visitor among you. Give me property for a burial place among you that I may bury my dead out of my sight. He's talking here, the Bible says, to the sons of Heth. Who are they? The sons of Heth were, these were real estates magnets of that time. Property was in their hand. These were billionaires in real estate. He comes to them. He says, please, I'm a foreigner and a visitor among you. I need some piece of property. I need some piece of property. He could only go to them because they had property. Ask your neighbor, do you have property? Men must have what? Property. And by this service, someone here is getting grace to own properties in the name of Jesus Christ. 
I said in the name of Jesus. Now hear this. What did they say to Abraham? Verses 5 to 6. Now I want you to see something. These are billionaires. The sons of earth were billionaires. They said to Abraham, verse number 6, Hear us, my Lord. You are a mighty prince among us. I don't know whether you're catching what I'm trying to show you. These people who were business magnets themselves said to Abraham, you are not just a prince among us. You are a mighty prince among us. So do you mean we should be selling you property for what? Get whatever you want. Get whatever you are looking for. It doesn't matter the hectares, the acreage that you are looking for. Get it. Because you are a mighty prince. That is, you are greater than us. You are greater than us. Somebody here shall be greater than the non-believers around you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I said in the name of Jesus. Amen. He was great in status. They called him a mighty prince. They called him a mighty prince. I wonder what they are calling you. I wonder what they are calling you. They are calling you a mighty what? A mighty wizard? A mighty failure? A mighty beater of his wife? A mighty player in the realm of extramarital affairs? What are they calling you? They called him a mighty prince. They said, you are a mighty prince among us. You are a mighty prince among us. I'm believing God that among great business personalities, you shall be called a mighty prince in the name of Jesus Christ. Among captains of industry, you shall be called a mighty prince in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The way you're saying amen is as if you don't want to say it. Can I hear a louder shout of amen? Amen. Men, we are not here to just eat breakfast, lunch, and supper. And give our wives children. We are here to have dominion. We are here to have what? Dominion. Dominion. You, you must exercise dominion in your industry. Every industry has what we call captains. And they don't call you a captain because you have long beard or a lot of gray hair on your head. They call you a captain on the account of results. The results that you are commanding will attract the status of a captain for you. That is when they say these are captains of industry. And every industry has those captains. Ask your neighbor for me, what is your industry? And how are you ranking in your industry? <laughs> Somebody's changing levels here in the name of Jesus Christ. I said you are changing levels in the name of Jesus. Now hear this. The scope of Abraham's dominion. Number four, he was great in health. He exercised dominion over sickness and disease. Abraham was not a sickly man. 
Abraham was not a sickly man. He did not struggle with sickness and disease. He was great in health. How do we know that? I will show you, sir. Genesis 25 and verse number 8. Genesis 25 and verse number 8. Then Abraham breathed his last and died, hear this, in a good old age. That tells you that there is some old age that is bad. This one is good. Good old age. An old man. And full of years. Not full of sickness, but full of what? Years. And was gathered to his people. What a description. What a description. That means he never got sick once. He was as solid as a stone. When he died, he died at a good old age. Good old age. I'm believing God that none of us shall die young in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. At a good old age. An old man, he died an old man. May you die an old man in the name of Jesus. Yeah. May it never be said at your funeral that we have lost a very young man. No. 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 Tell your neighbor, the Lord forbid. The Lord forbid. He was mighty in health. He was mighty in health. He was mighty in health. I believe that one of the secrets was that, you remember that time, there were no GM foods, genetically modified foods. They ate natural food. Nkwani. Tomato or satira fedeleza. That's why they lived longer. That means we also have to do the same even now. You don't live long by accident. There is what you do. My brother there talked about exercise as part of it. I wonder how many of us engage in exercise. Ask your neighbor, do you engage in any exercise? <laughs> Hallelujah. We have to exercise. I'm telling you. We have to exercise. We have to eat well. We have to eat well. We have to rest. This man, Abraham. When those three visitors came, they found him seated under the oak tree. <laughs> Abraham was resting, taking some rest under a tree, getting some fresh air. Hallelujah. He was great in health because he died full of years. An old man at a good old age. Good old age. Good old age. Number five. The scope of Abraham's dominion. He was great in spirituality. Abraham was a great spiritual man. Very great in spirituality. Actually, the Bible in Isaiah 41 
verse number 8, calls him a friend of God. Abraham was a friend of God. A friend of God. Isaiah 41, verse number 8. Isaiah 41, verse number 8. He was called a friend of God. He was a friend of God. There are so many men today that are enemies of God. They have made God their enemy. They have no regard for God. That is why there are very few men today that go to church. Most of them are too busy. They look at God as irrelevant. And there are so many that go to church for fun. Because it is Sunday morning. In any case, football is in the afternoon. What would I be doing at home? Let me go to church. But there are so many that don't even bother to go to church. They would rather watch a replay of one particular match that was played sometime last year in the Champions League. Which is a sign of confusion, isn't it? You are busy watching something that was already played. <laughs> and you know the result. <laughs> but not with Abraham. Abraham gave God first place in his life. Abraham gave God first place in his life. He had constant encounters with God throughout his life. He had constant encounters with God. That is why his life counted. Because he had constant encounters with God throughout his life. Now and again we read in his testimony that he called upon the name of the Lord. He called upon the name of the Lord who either spoke to him or appeared to him. He called upon the name of the Lord. And every time he did, God spoke to him or God appeared to him. I mean, let's sample some few scriptures here just to emphasize this point. Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 6 into 7. Abraham passed through the land to the place of Shechem as far as the Terebinth tree of Mori and the Canaanites were there in the land. Verse number 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared unto him. So Abraham was a man of altars. Wherever he went, he raised an altar from where he called upon the name of the Lord. Wherever he went, he raised altars. I believe that it should be part of our daily practice that whenever we travel, we go to a, a new place, the first thing to look for is church. Is there any Pentecostal, for example, is there any Pentecostal churches around? Because it looks like Sunday will find me here, so I need to fellowship with the brethren. If it is during the week, is there any midweek service around this place? He was always building altars unto the Lord. That is why his life was altered for the better. He was a man of altars. 
calling upon the name of the Lord, maintaining unbroken fellowship with God, constant fellowship with him. Actually, we see in Genesis chapter 20 and verse number 7, Genesis chapter 20 and verse number 7, that Abraham was a prophet. Did you know that? Abraham was not just a business magnet, he was actually a prophet. A prophet. Let's look at it. Genesis chapter 20. God speaks to Abimelech. Verse number 7. Now therefore, restore the man's wife. For he is a prophet. And he will pray for you and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. Verse number 8. So Abimelech rose early in the morning and called his servants and told all these things in their hearing. And the men were very much afraid. Abraham was a prophet. He maintained constant fellowship with God. He was great in spirituality. He was great in spirituality. Actually, he was an addicted intercessor. This man, Abraham, was an addicted intercessor. Can you imagine? That you can be very rich in livestock, in gold, and in silver, and still be a prophet. And still be an intercessor. Who said we are doing what we are doing because we are poor? No. Because some people think that you can only be talking of receiving Jesus and working with God because you are struggling with life. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Actually, those who run away from God are among the poorest in this world. They are among the poorest. So we did not come to the Lord because of poverty. No. It's not because of poverty. Look at it. Genesis 18, verses 23 to 32. He interceded for Lot who lived in the region of Sodom and Gomorrah. It was because of the prayers of Abraham that Lot escaped the fires of Sodom and Gomorrah. Otherwise, the man would have perished. This man, Abraham, was a godly man. He was committed, donated, and dedicated to spirituality. He was dedicated to spirituality. He was called a friend of God. We are still examining the scope of this man's dominion. Even if we stopped here, you can see already that this man was no small boy. Am I right here? By all standards. By all standards, this man Abraham was not a small man. I pray for you today, lift your right hand. You shall not be small in the name of Jesus Christ. You shall not be small in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. At whatever level, I want you to know, you shall be a marvel to watch. Yeah. You shall be what? A marvel to watch. At whatever level. Because we are not all going to be at the same level. But we are all going to be at higher levels. Higher levels than our contemporaries. We are going to be a marvel to watch. People that belong to our class will be amazed at our kind of results. 
What are you doing to get what you are getting? Will be the question they will be asking you. What are you doing that we are not doing for you to be getting these kind of results? And so shall it be in the name of Jesus Christ. The scope of Abraham's dominion. Let's look at another one here. Abraham had a private defense force. That's how great he was. He had a private defense force. He had a private defense force. Okay, maybe you don't like that. Let me change it. He had at least 318 bodyguards. Maybe you don't like the idea of private force. Okay, let's leave it out. This man was so huge that he needed 318 security men around him. <laughs> Genesis chapter 14 and verse number 14. Genesis chapter 14 and verse number 14. The reason why I'm calling this a private defense force is because as occasion demanded, they used to also go out and fight against armies of nations. This army, I don't know what name it was given. I know we have Kobe Barracks, Kamoza Barracks, Chirumba Battalion, is it Garrison, and all that. Huh? It's now a barracks. Yes, Chirumba Barracks. I don't know which one, this one, I don't know what it was called. What kind, is it Ab Abrahamic barracks? <laughs> but it used to go out and fight, not just one army, but an alliance of armies of nations. Like the ones that rose up in Genesis chapter 14. And took Lot and all that belonged to him away. And when it was told Abraham, he released this army. He said, you go and bring back my nephew. And they brought him back alive with all the property. And yet it was a private army because this man Abraham was not a president or a king of any kingdom. No. He was just a private citizen but who had it well. You shall have it well in the name of Jesus Christ. I said you shall have it well in the name of Jesus now, let's look at the last aspect of the scope of Abraham's dominion, which happens to be number what? Number seven. The Bible says, all families of the earth are being blessed through him. That's dominion, my friend. This is global dominion. Worldwide dominion. All the families of the earth today are being blessed through Father Abraham. Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 3. Then it was a promise. In you shall all the families of the earth be what? Blessed. But it is happening now. Galatians chapter 3 verses 8 to 9. Galatians chapter 3 verses 8 to 9. Galatians chapter 3 verses 8 to 9 and verse number 29 of the same chapter. Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 29. In Christ Jesus, because I mean Jesus Christ is the seed of Abraham. Because when he gave him that promise that I shall multiply your seed, he did not call them seeds. 
but seed, meaning that the seed he was referring to was one seed. And the Apostle Paul says, which seed is Christ? Hallelujah. In you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And through Christ Jesus, all the families of the earth are being blessed. And Christ Jesus is the seed of Abraham. And so in verse number 29, Galatians chapter 3, the Bible says, If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, and therefore heirs according to the promise. Heirs according to the promise. And in Galatians chapter 4, verse 28, Galatians chapter 4, verse 28, the Bible says, Brethren, we as Isaac are children of promise. We as Isaac are children of promise. So all of us have a share in the blessing of Abraham. Which blessing? The blessing of salvation. And we do not belong to the same family. We are families from all over the world. And that is how dominant Abraham is. The life of Abraham has relevance to all people around the world in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. So we are all beneficiaries of the life of Abraham. We are all beneficiaries of the life of Abraham. Is it making sense? Now, we want to spend the rest of the time discussing what we are calling the secrets of Abraham's dominion. The secrets of Abraham's dominion. What were his dominion secrets? If I have time, I will show you 11 very quickly. Number one, sensitivity to the voice of God. Sensitivity to the voice of God, or call it divine guidance. Abraham was not a trial and error man. He never operated by guesswork. Abraham was laid by God in all that he did to make success. He had the ability to hear the voice of God. He held from God and so earth had no choice but to hear him. Verse number 1, Genesis chapter 12. And God said unto Abraham. And God said unto Abraham. You must hear what God is saying to you as a man. If you want to have dominion in this life. Nothing empowers us for dominion like the voice of God. Nothing empowers a man for dominion like divine guidance. Hearing what God is saying and being able to pursue it as commanded. Hearing what God is saying and being able to pursue it as commanded. Throughout his life, Abraham heard from God. I've given you Genesis 12, verse number 1. Genesis chapter 13, verses 14 to 15. 
Genesis chapter 13, verses 14 to 15. God appeared unto Abraham and said unto him, Lift your eyes now from where you are. Look eastward, westward, northward, southward. All this land, as far as your eyes can see, I have given to you. If you don't hear God telling you, lift your eyes, will you lift your eyes? You can't lift them by guesswork. So some people are still looking down like this for lack of understanding as to what God is speaking to them. When God is saying, lift your eyes, they are looking like this. From today, may God open your ears to hear his voice. May God open your ears to hear his voice in the name of Jesus. Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 to 6. God appeared unto Abraham and said unto him, Boy, I am your exceeding great reward. I am your exceeding great reward. It is only in chapter 16 that God did not speak to this man. Because he engaged himself in an extramarital affair. I, I will talk about that tomorrow. He engaged himself in an extramarital what? affair. Of course, it was with the consent of his wife. But that your wife has consented, does it mean you should commit sin? No. That is, does it become righteous because it is wife telling you to do it? So in chapter 17, verse number 1, God comes again and says, Boy, I am Lord God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. Verse number 2, he says, I shall make an everlasting covenant with you and your seed. The voice of the Lord came back and progress arrived. When the voice came, progress equally arrived. In chapter 18, God appeared to him in form of three visitors. That is when he promised him a child. He said, by this time next year, according to the time of life, I shall visit you. And your wife Sarah shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. And chapter 21 of Genesis, chapter 21, verses 1 to 6, we see God come down with his visitation. He visited Sarah as he had promised, and the woman conceived. And bore Abraham a son in his old age. And called his name Isaac. Nothing works without the voice of God. Nothing works by guesswork. Nothing works by guesswork. Number two. Number one. Sensitivity to the voice of God. Which has to do with your spiritual life. And... The second point is similar to the first, unbroken fellowship with God. Unbroken fellowship with God. We need to maintain what I'm calling unbroken fellowship with God, especially us men. You see, so many men <laughs> have a problem, especially married men, because they are used to having sexual intercourse, isn't it, with the woman, their wife. So the moment they go maybe for whatever work far away from the wife for two weeks, two months, three months, it's like they develop a disease. They begin to suffer 
the marasmats of lack of sexual intercourse. So they begin to look for immediate intervention where they are. Some quick panadol. It's very strange. And yet, you probably married at the age of 30. You stayed 30 years of your life without having sex with anybody. You have been married only for seven years, so you've had seven years of sex, and you are failing to control yourself for three months. No, Pastor, I couldn't do otherwise. You know, it was too much. How? <laughs> How? <laughs> Some people, it's actually not distance. No, he has not traveled anywhere, but he believes that one woman is not enough. I carry too much power for one woman. <laughs> I need at least three because my own is more powerful than in Kula Falls. I need more. Hallelujah. We must maintain unbroken fellowship with God. Please, and this calls for mainly three things. Number one, prayerfulness. Prayerfulness. Number two, being in the word. If you like, call it wordfulness. Being in the word. Be full of the word of God. And number three, donation, dedication, and commitment to holy and righteous living and broken fellowship signifies mainly these three things being prayerful being in the word but at the same time donating yourself to holy and righteous living prayerfulness being in the word and dedication commitment or donation of oneself to holy and righteous living and Please, holiness has no holiday. You don't go on vacation in as far as holiness is concerned. You can't say I was too holy last week. This week I will relax a bit. Because the day you relax is the day you will collapse. So you hold on to righteous living all the days of your life. And men, please, I beg you, understand this. You don't have to sin to be rich. You don't have to sin to make it big in life. The two are not the same. There are so many people who believe that they must cut corners in order to make it. It's a lie from the pits of hell. Job chapter 1 verses 1 to 3. Job chapter 1 verses 1 to 3 shows us that the richest man of his time was also the most God-fearing of his time. I'm talking about Job. Very rich, but the man shunned evil and he feared God. He hated evil. He ran away from evil. He despised evil. You don't have to cut corners in order to make it big. In this life. If you think so. You are fooling yourself. You are deceived. Abraham maintained unbroken fellowship with God. 
even when he sinned in Genesis chapter 16, God rebuked him in Genesis 17, verse number 1. He rebuked him. God said, be blameless, be blameless, be blameless. And the man came back in line. And from that time on, he never missed the way again. Until we read in Genesis 25, verse number 8, that he died in a good old age, an old man full of years. So it is possible to live righteously in this perverse and crooked generation. It is possible. It is possible. I said it is possible. It is possible in this crooked generation to have just one woman, the one you call your wife, and have all the sexual satisfaction from that one woman. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible for you to go abroad for your master's degree studies one year without touching any girl from China there. So let me try the Chinese, how they look like. <laughs> They're also as human as your wife. Hallelujah. Number three, operating by a God-given vision. And I want to say something around this. Operating by a God-given what? Vision. Abraham never left ill of the Cadians until God spoke to him about moving. There are so many people that are moving up and about, doing all kinds of businesses when God never taught them to do so. And that is why some men are frustrated. Life is not a feasibility study and therefore it does not operate by trial and error. That you have money enough to start a particular business is no approval that you should go into that business. You need to find out from God. What are you saying? Is this the way you want me to go? Because if you take your own way, you defend yourself. You provide for yourself in that way. But if you take God's way, God will defend you. God will supply your needs and God will watch over you. There is a way that seems right to a man. But the end thereof is a way of death. A way of destruction. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse number 12. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse number 12. You must operate. Of course, wherever you go now, they talk about vision, 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 vision. But I'm saying you must operate by a God-given vision. A God-ordained, a God-approved vision. That's the one he's going to back. That's the one he's going to support. So don't just run. Make sure you are running with a God-given vision. Don't just run. This year and beyond, don't just run. It's not just about running. The Bible says, it is not of him that runneth. So that you are running does not mean it will work. You must run with a God-given vision. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 to 3. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 to 3. Write down the vision. Make it plain on tablets. 
that he may run the one who readeth it. Don't just now. There are also some people that are running without a vision. They are running without a vision. What is the end result of what you are doing? I don't know, Pastor. We are just trying. Okay, you are starting a minibus business today. What is the intention? What do you want to achieve? Because vision is progressive. Vision is what? Progressive. You start something today. Why are you starting it? What do you want to achieve? What do you want to accomplish? No, I just want to run this thing. For what? What vision do you have for it? Where do you want this minibus business to take you? What's the roadmap? What are you trying to achieve? People don't know. People don't know. That is why many people are wearied and worried. Wearied and what? Worried. Because they are running without a vision. Now, where there is no vision, there will be diversions. And most likely, divisions. So, so many people have a divided mind because they are not aiming at one particular thing. They go by what James is doing. They go by what John is doing. They have no brain of their own. You mean you've been going where? Ah, next time you go, you take me. Now, if you're wise, you should ask that fellow, I should take you to where? It's God who told me to be going where I'm going. Has God told you? Next time you go to Kasungu to buy beans, please carry me where? Carry yourself. Don't you know Kasungu? <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, hear this. Men, let's understand this. Never embark on anything simply because you've seen another man doing it. Don't. 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 And don't even let your wife push you into it. Hey, our friends are doing this. Our friends, hey, 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 tell your wife, we are not our friends. We are we. What is our plan? What is our vision? What did we say we want to achieve? That is what we should go by. Abraham never embarked on anything. You remember Genesis chapter 13 and verse number 14? I gave you Genesis 13 and verse number 14. God said, now, lift your eyes from where you are. Look to the north, to the south, to the east, and to the west. All this land, as far as your eyes can see. So vision determines the extent to which you are going to accomplish what has to be accomplished. The level of dominion you are going to command is dependent on how well you can see and how far you can see. How well you are able to see and how far you are able to see. It says, as far as your eyes can see. If you are not seeing anything, you will not achieve anything. So how big was Abraham's land? Abraham's land was as big as his eyes could see. It was not God who determined the size of his land. 
it was his ability to see that determined the size and the scope of Abraham's land, the scope of Abraham's dominion. If you don't see it, even if we declare all round dominion, you don't see anything. All you see is oblivion. Instead of seeing dominion, you see oblivion. That is what you get. Ask your neighbor for me, what do you see? Some people are not seeing anything. All they are seeing are problems. Believe you me, in this life, you can succeed in any field. In any what? Any field. Don't tell me that those that are making a mark have got more than one brain. Do they have one, more than one brain? Everyone has one brain. One brain. One brain. One head. Two eyes. Anything with more than two eyes is a monster. Two eyes. And we all have the same 24 hours. Seven days in a week. And yet, with all these universal opportunities that God has given us, others are still failing miserably. I pray for you today that you will never fail again in the name of Jesus Christ. And I decree, whatever you are doing today shall prosper in the name of Jesus Christ. I said it shall prosper in the name of Jesus. Number four. Abraham was a man of prompt obedience to divine instructions. He was a man of prompt obedience to divine instructions. Now, God will never work with a man who is disobedient. If you don't believe it, ask the first human king of the children of Israel by the name Saul. God told him, he said, I regret that I made you a king. You are too disobedient. Read his story in 1 Samuel chapter 15, the whole of it. 1 Samuel chapter 15. God told him, you go to Amalek and kill everyone in Amalek including the king and the animals. Everything destroyed. The man went there, killed everybody except King Agag. Probably because he was his personal friend. Number two, he spared all the good-looking sheep and cattle. And when he came back, he met with Samuel and he proudly, arrogantly said to Samuel, Sir, I have accomplished the will of God. Samuel said, if you have accomplished the will of God to its fullest, what is this lowing of cattle and the bleating of sheep that I'm hearing? Isn't this one also King Agag, an Amalekite? And he told him, he said, you have done foolishly. You have done foolishly. You have done foolishly. And the man remained arrogant. And as Samuel was turning away from him to go away, probably going back to 
his base in Rama. The man got hold of Samia's robe. And somehow it was an old garment. Men of God need more clothes. It was an old garment and then it got torn. And the man of God, I think, he just said, hey, can you tear my clothes like this? Your kingdom has been torn away from you. <laughs> that was the end of Saul. And the, the saddest part of the whole thing is that after God had rejected him, he still stayed on for another 13 years on the throne. I pray God will never withdraw his favor, his hand, and his presence from you and your businesses, your careers, in the name of Jesus Christ. obey God fully and so he missed it and Samuel said to Saul king to obey is better than to sacrifice and the sin of disobedience is as good as the sin of witchcraft in a way he was saying king you are a wizard so those who don't obey God, they are wizards. They are practicing witchcraft. And you shall not suffer a witch to live. Hallelujah. Abraham was a man of prompt obedience. How do we know that? Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 to 27. Genesis 17, verses 1 to 27. God said to him in verse number 2, I'm making an everlasting covenant with you. Now, this shall be the token of the covenant going down there. He said, all the male members of your family will have to be circumcised. And by the time you read verses 25, 26 to 27, the Bible says that it looks like this vision came in the night. In the morning, he gathered all the male members. He started with himself. He circumcised himself. He circumcised his son Ishmael and then the rest of the male members of his household. I'm talking about servants that he had. All of them were circumcised and there were no painkillers that time. Obedience can be painful sometimes. Obedience many times is not as pleasant but we must pursue it. When God says it, we must do it. John 2 and verse number 5 whatsoever he says to you do it do it don't debate it do it do it that is what we're talking about praise the lord hallelujah prompt his obedience was prompt so this was not just obedience to divine instruction it was prompt obedience not taking another week another two months before you react to what god is speaking to you if God says forgive, do it immediately. Whatever God says must be acted upon urgently. Whatever God instructs us must be acted upon urgently. There is too much delay darling among God's children. That is why God's children are not seeing much. 
Their blessings are delaying because they are dilly-dallying in acting on what God is speaking to them. Now, in Genesis 22, verses 1 to 5, God speaks to Abraham again, says, give me your son. Your son whom you love, even Isaac. Genesis 22, verses 1 to 5. Give him to me. Give me your son. And Abraham knew what that meant. Says you are going to sacrifice him on one of the mountains that I will show you in Moriah. And the Bible says, early in the morning, this old man Abraham saddled his donkey on his way to Mount Moriah. He was used now to understanding the voice of God. It was the same God who spoke to him in Genesis chapter 12. And verse number one, go to a land that I will show you. Without telling him whether to go to the east, to the west, to the north, to the go to the land that I will show you. And in Genesis 22, he tells him that you shall sacrifice your son on one of the mountains in Moriah. On one of the mountains, where? In Moriah. In Moriah, there were so many mountains. He said, you will sacrifice your son on one of the mountains there. The man said, this voice looks like the one that I got in Genesis 12 once. I will start off. We'll see what happens when I get to Moriah. He will tell me which specific mountain there. And he went there without any sense of doubt as to whether or not he heard from God. He knew God had spoken. He did not doubt God. He did not bind the devil. He said, Satan, stupid. Don't you know that this is a child of promise, born by miracle? This can't be God. No, it was God. I pray God will give you the grace to understand every instruction being given to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Number five. Number five secret of Abraham's dominion is that he was dedicated to giving. He was a committed giver. He was dedicated to giving. He believed in it. It was part and parcel of his life. We know that because this man, Abraham, created employment for others. That is why the Bible says he had men servants and maid servants. He had a large host of employees. He was one of the major employers of labor in his time. He was one of the major employers of labor in his time. Please ask your fellow man, how many people are you employing so far? Some people, the only employee they have is, is a housemate, whom they are also abusing. Seriously. Ten PM every day, ten PM, ten PM. Not four AM water was That one is not an employee, he's a slave. You are treating that fellow as a slave, not as an employee. We must create employment for others. That's how to exercise dominion. You create employment for others. And you know that as you are paying that fellow 
you are not just assisting him. You are assisting everybody who depends on him for survival. We must make it our prayer that God will open avenues for us to create as much employment as possible for people around us. Number two, he empowered others with various careers. Abraham was a giver in the sense that, number one, he created employment for others. Number two, he empowered others with various what? Careers. For example, I gave you Genesis chapter 14 and verse number 14. He helped some people to have a career in military science. They were soldiers. Well trained to be able to overcome armies of nations. Well trained. Well trained. Because Abraham himself was a military man. He's the one who led these 318 people to go and conquer armies of nations. Because this man, Abraham, was so influential that his best friends were either rich people or kings. Read your Bible. Those were his best friends. When he wanted to chat, he chatted with kings. Pharaoh, Abimelech, the king of Sodom. Those were his buddies, and yet he was not a king himself. Hallelujah. Number three, he gave tithes of all. He was a tither. He gave tithes of all. We are talking about examples of the giving commitment of Abraham. He created employment for others. Number two, he empowered others with various careers. Number three, he gave tithes of all. He gave tithes of all. Genesis chapter 14 and verse 20. Genesis chapter 14 and verse number 20. He gave tithes of all. Men must be tithers. If you don't tithe as a man, I feel sorry for you. Because non-tithers don't go far, cannot go far in life. We must understand the practice of tithing as men. Number four, he gave sacrificially. He gave sacrificially. We saw that in Genesis 22, verses 1 to 18. Genesis 22, verses 1 to 18. When, by divine instruction, he wanted to give his own son Isaac. It says, thy only son, whom thou lovest. That sacrifice. And he was willing to do it. It took angelic interruption for it not to happen. Instead, God provided a ram that he saw caught in a thicket, which he took and sacrificed on, instead of his son, Isaac. He was willing to sacrifice whatever God had instructed him to. That is how to live. There are times when God will tell you to give in a crazy way, to do something sacrificial. And every time he places that demand on you, I want you to know it is for your own good. It is for your own good. Don't be suspicious of God when he's giving you instructions. 
Number six. Let's just make a quick list listing of these. I want us to pray. Number six. He was diligent in business. This man, Abraham, was a workaholic. He was diligent in business. He was a workaholic. He was a hard worker. He was involved, as we said, in animal husbandry. He had interests in military science. This was a big business empire. Which could only have been managed by a very diligent individual. A very diligent person. Have you seen a man diligent in his business? Mark that man. He will not stand before ordinary people. He will stand before kings. Mark that man. He will not stand before ordinary men. He will stand before great people. Proverbs 22 verse 29. Proverbs 22 and verse number 29. He was diligent. I wonder how diligent are you in what you are doing? How diligent are you? Sometimes people ask me, how do you write books? I write books by diligence. It's not easy to write a book. Some of you think of how much time it takes you to write an email. You write, you delete. You write, you delete. 20 minutes, you are still thinking. So think of a chapter of a book. It's not easy. But you see, we have to exercise diligence. We have to exercise what? Diligence. And this year, I have advised myself that I'm going to write 35 books. How many books? 35. And they're all going to come out. We must populate our generation with knowledge and information. The whole earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. Shall be filled with the knowledge. We have to fill our generation with knowledge. And I'm talking about knowledge of the word of God. Knowledge of the word of God. The will of God. The revelations of God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Number seven. Abraham was a man of great faith. He was a man of great faith. Great faith. Great faith. Romans chapter 4, verses 17 to 22. Romans chapter 4, verses 17 to 22. And Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 to 10. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 to 10. Abraham was a man of great faith. Great faith. If you, you are not operating by faith, you are fake. There are so many men that are cowards. They are timid. And I want you to know that there isn't much you can accomplish in this life without faith. Without faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And if you don't please God, be sure that he will not back you in what you are doing. Hebrews eleven six. The help of God toward us is connected to our faith. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, but they must do so in faith. It says, let him who comes to God believe that he is. Make sure your faith is in place. 
before your dominion can take place. Faith. It takes faith to dare projects. To dare projects. It takes faith to do big things in life. It takes faith to do big things in life. So, it is the size of your faith that will determine the size of your life. It is the size of your faith that will determine the size of your life. Great faith makes great people. If you have little faith, you sink. I saw it in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. When Jesus calmed that storm, he said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you fear? You fear storms, you sink, you do all kinds of nonsense if you have little faith. But when faith is great, no matter who is denying you the opportunity, you still get it. I saw that in the testimony of that Syrophoenician woman who cried out to the master, help my daughter, help my daughter. And the disciples said, hey, Master, push her away because she's making noise. And Jesus said what? I came for the lost sheep of Israel. I cannot give the children's bread to the dogs. The woman said even the dogs eat from the crumbs coming from their master's tables. What did Jesus say? Woman, great is your faith. Your daughter is made whole. So it is great faith that overcomes the oppositions. Chances are that the systems of this world will try to deny you what you are looking for. So you need great faith. You need great faith. You need great faith. You need great faith to overcome those obstacles. Hallelujah. Now hear this. We are now on number one. Number eight. Abraham was a man of great integrity. Abraham was a man of great integrity. Now, I have to keep repeating this because we have a bankruptcy of integrity among so many people in our time. Not many people today are straight, including in church. That I can tell you as a pastor. It takes, if I may say this, the grace of God for me as a pastor to trust people. It takes the grace of God. Ordinarily, I shouldn't be trusting anyone. Because people are not straight. Believe you me. I don't have time to give you examples. People are not straight. Including people you thought, you mean, you, you thought this one must be straight. But you see a lot of funny, funny dealings in their lives. Where we have reached today, if you are not careful, you, you, you cannot trust anybody. <laughs> Where they, this generation has reached today, you cannot trust anybody, including your wife. It's true. It literally and practically takes the grace of God to trust people around you. Because people have lost their integrity. Not many people are upholding integrity. But this man, Abraham, was a man of great integrity. Now, 
To be a man of integrity simply means to be a man of principles, a man of values, a man of ethics, a man of ethics. Every profession has what we call ethical standards, code of ethics, whether you're looking at audit, accounting, most of these well-established professions have what we call a code of ethics, professional standards. If you're an accountant, this is the code of ethics. If you're an auditor, this is the code of ethics. You don't subscribe to that code of ethics, they disqualify you from the association. In the medical profession, it's the same thing. They withdraw your license. Am I right, Brother Crichton? They withdraw your license. So you cannot practice as a nurse. Unfortunately, we are living in a generation that has no principles. And I wouldn't be surprised that those of you that are married, you are running your marriages without any principles. You allow your wife to wear anything as she comes out of your house. Sometimes when you people come here, I look at some of your wives, I say, look, does this fellow know what he's doing with this woman? Wearing things that are too tight, things that are meant for your romantic affairs. You wear them to the house of God, and this is somebody's wife. If you are not cautioning that woman, then you are very irresponsible. I know somebody will be telling me that some of these women, pastor, they are too arrogant. Then pray for her. That she should be delivered from the spirit of arrogance if there is a spirit like that. But for you to be allowing your wife to wear things anyhow. No, it's not permitted. In any case, your wife should be looking romantic to you, isn't it? Is it to the pastor? No, to you. So we should be able to tell our wives that this one is for our romantic affairs within the confines of our bedroom and sometimes bathroom. But for you to be wearing this to wear, pastor, wear. And some men have no control over their wives. We'll talk about it in one of, the, in one of our meetings. Literally, some of you have lost control of your wives. It's the wife who is controlling everything. Sit down, you sit down. Stand up, you stand up. Wear jeans, you wear jeans. And yet you wanted to wear a suit. Say, no, wear jeans. <laughs> no matter how powerful a woman may be, can I say this? Leadership has been given to a man. Leadership has been given to who? No, you say me. Leadership has been given to me. Say it. Leadership has been given to me. Hallelujah. I am the one who supports. You see, that is why our societies and communities are upside down. Women are taking the place of men. What men were supposed to be doing, the woman is already there driving the whole thing. No. They have their role to play, but their role is not leadership in the home. Are we together here? Genesis chapter 3, when it, now, Paul says, 
it was the woman who was deceived. Am I right? It was Eve. But when God wanted accountability, did he say, Eve, where are you? No. He said, Adam, where are you? Leadership. 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 So if I am the one leading, please, I should be given all the time to lead. But the problem that women have is that the one who is leading is confused. The one who is supposed to be leading is what? Confused. So a wise woman will say, no, I cannot be led by a confused man. It's better I lead myself. Because if you don't have a sound relationship with Jesus, no matter who you are, you are confused. If you are not well connected in fellowship and relationship with Jesus, no matter who they are calling you to be, chief executive, managing director, whatever, whatever, billionaire, if your relationship with Jesus is not sound, you are a confused person. That is what people don't want to hear. They are confused. Those who don't have Christ in their hearts, they are what? Confused. And so can you imagine that person is leading the whole organization as a chief executive? That means that organization is being led by a confused man. So some women are clever. They say, uh-uh, this one has got two heads. We don't know where we are going. Because, because each head has got two eyes. So this, this set of eyes is leading us to the north. This other set is leading us to the east. I'm confused. So it's better I lead myself. But if you are properly born again, your relationship with Jesus is sound, please. You should be given the right to lead in your home. Provide leadership. Provide vision and direction. This is where we are going. Everyone must follow suit. Hallelujah. Because the leadings of a godly man are backed by God himself. The leadership of a godly person is backed by God himself. Hallelujah. Number nine. Abraham believed in what we call networking and association. He had strategic networks. He believed in the power of networking and association. Networking and association. No man is an island. I'm sure you know that. No man is an island. When there was famine in the land the man went to his friend Pharaoh. Of course, Pharaoh wanted to take his wife. But God stopped him. But by the time he came out of Egypt, he was given a lot of possessions, donations. He was also friends with Abimelech, strategic associations. The question you really have to answer is, who is your friend? Who are your associates? Who do you associate with? 
Of course, don't associate anyhow. Because association determines destination. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20. Association determines destination. He who walks with the wise shall be wise. What is wisdom? Destination. But a companion of fools shall be destroyed. What is destruction? That is another dimension of destination. Depending on who you associate with, you will be considered as wise or as destructible. Someone who must be destroyed. It all depends on association. Now hear this. Never associate with a man who beats his wife. No matter how smart he looks to be. Never, if you are not, now that, that is assuming you are not a beater of your wife. Because if you also beat, then these are associates indeed. You don't believe in abusing your wife. But there is a guy who abuses his wife. What should bring you together with him? No, we cannot associate. Now, it is not wise to associate with a man who insults your pastor, who looks down upon your pastor, who speaks ill against or about your pastor. You can't associate. For example, if you insult my spiritual father, you insult him, my spiritual father, I will insult you forever. I will never associate with you, no matter who you are, no matter what you have. Are we together here? They say, eh, you know, Apostle is a wizard. Eh, he's the dad. It's, I, I, if, 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 if I don't slap you, please run away quickly. <laughs> but some people, when somebody is making fun of their pastor, says, hey, Pastor Banda, hey, 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 hey stupid man, stupid man. And you're there, huh? hey, hey, stupid what? Hey, don't say that, you. Hey. Ah! They are not serious. Then that person is not your spiritual father. Tell that fellow, you and me, if anything, we will meet in heaven, not here. I'm not going to entertain that. You talking like that against my spiritual father, never. Never. Hallelujah. So association, networking. Abraham related well with people around him. He related well with people around him. That is what we are saying. You need to have what I call calculated strategic associations. Calculated. In other words, you need to find out what is this association helping me to achieve. If it is bringing you zero results, that association is not needed. Disconnect yourself from it. There are also some people that are too closed up. They don't want to make friends with anybody. I just want to be alone. You just want to be alone. You cannot make it alone. You don't make it alone. You need people. You need people. And in case you are here, you are here to settle maritally, this association also includes who you marry. 
the one you are going to settle maritally with matters. I hope that those of us that are already married are not regretting that we have a wrong associate and you have no way out. Just believe that you have the correct, the appropriate associate. Somebody three years down the line asked me a question. said, Pastor, uh, I've been married for three years now, but I'm not very sure whether I married the, the right woman. I said, hey, that question should not arise. Just believe that you married the right woman. After all, it's a matter of faith. <laughs> it's a matter of believing. What you believe is what you become. So believe that you married the right woman. But if you are single, please get it right. Get it right. Get it right. Get it right. Because if you marry a wrong woman, can you imagine that you are Ahab and you marry Jezebel? You'll be finished. In no time. I pray you shall not marry a Jezebel in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes. Number 10. Patient endurance. Patient endurance. Patient endurance. Abraham was a man of patient endurance. You know that those two words are supposed to mean the same thing. But in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 to 15, they are put side by side. Patient endurance. That is endurance that is patient. <laughs> it's double patience. I mean, he required double patience for him to believe God for a child for 25 years. That required a lot of endurance. A lot of endurance. Some of the things, hear this, and that is not to be negative, but to be realistic. Some of the things you are believing God now may not come anytime soon. But it will come to pass. Are we together here? That requires what? Patient endurance. Be patient. Endure patiently. Endure patiently. I was very happy yesterday. Somebody that I prayed for in 2013. That thing that we prayed for in 2013 only came to pass five years later. And this man is not Malawian. So he called from abroad, calling a friend. Do you still go to PICC? Yes. Is Pastor Banda still there? Yes. I want to meet that man. Because five years ago, he prayed for me. And what he prayed for me, I've been keeping it, looking at it, that which he prayed for me for has now come to pass five years down the line. Hallelujah. I'm now, I think, the director of trade and industry in one of the multilateral bodies. I am now the director of... This is something that pastor prayed for me in 2013, five years ago. It has now come to pass. I knew, the way he prayed that day, I knew it would come to pass no matter how long it takes. Patience. If it were you, say, hey, this man of God is fake. Hey, 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 hey. I pray 
because I'll be asking you to write three things that you want God to do for you. Strategic things. Things that if you do them will qualify you as a man of dominion in this country. Three, three of them. You are going to write them down. And you bring those pieces of paper to the altar here. I will lay hands on them. I want us to believe God for great things. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Don't ask me how it will happen. It is for a man to make plans in his heart. Proverbs 16, 9. But it is, the law, it is for the Lord to determine the steps for the attainment of those plans. It is unto man to make plans, to devise his way in his heart. But it is the Lord who determines the steps for the achievement of those plans. Ours is to have a desire. And God's own responsibility is to satisfy those desires. Psalm 37 verse 4 and Psalm 145 verse 16. It is for man to desire and it is for God to fulfill the desire. Hallelujah. Something that we prayed over five years ago has just come to pass. I prayed with a man from DRC who came to my office at the Hayati complex in tears. His family had uh, secured what they call refugee status or whatever in the UK, but they couldn't let him in. So every time he wanted to meet his family, the family had to fly either to the US to meet him or to France or to Germany. And he said, Pastor, I'm going to do this for how long? I said, we are going to pray you will enter. He said, huh? Pastor, this is a British government. I said, uh, uh, but I'm dealing with higher government. This is not British. This is heavenly government. We prayed. He disappeared for a year or two or three. I think three years. Last year, he wrote me. He was checking on YouTube. He found my video. Ah, called his wife. Said, hey, the man I was be, I've been talking about is this one. And an email appeared there. He wrote me. Pastor, give me your, your number. Are you on WhatsApp? I said, yes. I gave him my number. He called. Said, Pastor, everything you prayed for me about came to pass. I'm now in the United Kingdom. But I had no means because I, in the process I lost your contacts. I had no means of getting to you. I have no means of getting to you. Oh, pastor. Oh, God, you are a true man of God. You know when something happens, people call you all kinds of. <laughs> pastor, in case you don't believe me, I will send you now pictures on WhatsApp. He sent all kinds of pictures with his wife. He said, I'm happy. I'm happy. God willing, I will come to Africa. I will come to see you. Hallelujah. You will see God this year. Amen. I said you are going to see God this year. Amen. You are going to see Jehovah this year. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. 
I said in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Number last, number 11. He gave glory to God. He lived a praise and worship lifestyle. He lived a praise and worship lifestyle. This man, Abraham, he gave glory to God. Romans chapter 4, verses 17 to 20. He did not complain. Instead, he gave glory to God. He gave glory to God. He was a worshiper of God, a praiser of God. He celebrated God. I don't have a child yet. Thank God. At least I have riches. Celebrating God for the good that is available. He celebrated God for the good that was available. He did not waver through unbelief. Instead, he gave glory to God. He gave glory to God. He magnified and celebrated God. And God made him to celebrate. God made him to celebrate. We cannot outgive God. We give glory to him. He will make sure we are equally glorified. He said, I will glorify them. I will glorify them. I will glorify them. Jeremiah 30, 19. He said, I will glorify them. Out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of melody. And I will glorify them and they shall not be small. You see, many people are small because their praise of God is equally small. He gave glory to God. My question to you is, are you going to live this kind of life? The life of glorifying God at all times. There is business, no business, you give glory to God. Whether you have zero balance or a million quacha balance in your account, you give glory to God. Apostle Paul says, I have learned to be in any kind of state. To have or not to have. To eat or not to eat. It doesn't change me. Because I know God is faithful. May we rise on our feet. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. May we celebrate Jesus. May we lift our voices to him. And give him thanks. Father we bless, honor and exalt your holy name. You are such a great God. You are such an awesome king. We bless your holy name. You are worthy of all the praise. You are worthy of all the glory. You are worthy of all the honor. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. We bless your name. Father, we give you praise. Father, we give you glory. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, mighty God. In Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. I don't know how God has spoken to you. Because each, each message comes to people differently. 
I don't know how God has spoken to you. I don't want to tell you what you should pray about, but I want you to pray in line with how God has spoken to you through this discussion. Lift your voice and pray. Yakata libo sata rikatia mandele bobo. Shalakata libo bosita rikatia mandele bobosa. Lakata la babasita rikatia mandele bobos. Likata la basinda rikatia fandele bobosa. Shalabala bala 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 bosa la babli. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Hallelujah. Father, give me grace and anoint me to be a man of dominion. Give me grace and anoint me to be a man of dominion. Lift your voice. Father, give me grace and anoint me to be a man of dominion. Spiritual dominion, financial dominion, political dominion, career and business dominion, dominion over sickness and disease, dominion over evil spirits, dominion over marital conflicts, marital afflictions, dominion in my going out, dominion in my coming in. Father, give me grace for dominion. Empower me for dominion in the corporate world. Empower me for dominion in the corporate world, in the business world, in ministry. Empower me for dominion. 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 In the name of Jesus. Le 
Thank you, mighty God. In Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I want us to write three things. You may call them major areas of dominion. Where? You want grace for the manifestation of dominion. You have to write on a piece of paper because I will need those papers here. Or probably no, maybe you may not tear off your, but probably you can just bring your diaries, whatever, but I'll have to lay hands on everything. Praise the Lord. As a point of conduct to announce and to declare that you are going to be a man of dominion in those areas, whether it is finances, whether it is in the corporate world, whether you want to be a managing director, a chief executive, or an employer of 100, 200, 50, 300, doesn't matter. But you must write something whose actualization will result in your dominion. Don't write things like, I need three chickens. We are talking of things that will give you, when they happen, you will emerge as a man of dominion. Those chicken you just eat today, tomorrow you throw it in the toilet. God is always pleased with those that have childlike faith. You see, when you leave home and your boy wants to go with you, sometimes parents will say, hey, I'll bring you an aeroplane. And the child will believe that you have enough money to buy him an air what? An aeroplane. Childlike faith. That's what God wants. He is not pleased with those that will be scratching their heads. Wondering whether the pastor is not playing with their minds. How can he tell us to be writing what? How can this come to pass? God will not be pleased with people like that. But those that have childlike faith. Childlike faith. So if you have done so, please, uh, I will ask you to just uh, bring them forward here. Because we will pray. Believe in God for great things. If he, you have written in a diary, just put your diary there. You are written on a piece of paper. Just make sure that after we finish, you will be able to locate your paper. Because your paper is not going to stay with me. This side, please. We are believing God for great things. We are all going to rise up. Isaiah 45, verse 19 is the verse I want to read, and then we're going to pray. Thereafter, I think the MC will come up to close the program. Isaiah 45, verse 19. I have not spoken in secret. In a dark place of the earth, I did not say, hear this, 
to the seed of Jacob, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, did not say to the seed of Jacob, seed of Jacob, seek me in vain. I never said anything like that. He says, I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. I declare things that are right. I did not ask the seed of Jacob to seek me in vain. That means, as we pray now over these areas of dominion for your personal life, family, career, ministry, I want you to know it won't be in vain in the name of Jesus Christ. And as these areas that we have highlighted are placed on this anointed altar, the anointing that oppresses here is landing on each of those areas in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You are going to offer a prayer very quickly. You are going to say, Lord, whatever I have indicated as my three main areas of dominion, let them come to pass. Let there be grace and anointing, divine ability for the actualization of the same in my life. Lift your voice as you stretch your hands forward. Lift your voice, lift your voice, lift your voice, lift your voice. Lift your voice. Divine ability for fulfillment. Divine ability for fulfillment. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. All these areas are coming to pass. All these areas are coming to pass. In the mighty name of Jesus. All these areas are coming to pass. In the mighty name of Jesus. All these areas are coming to pass. They are coming to pass. They are coming to pass. Not by might nor by power. But by the spirit of the living God. By the spirit of the living God. They are all coming to pass in the name of Jesus. Not by might. Nor by power. But by the spirit of the living God. They are coming to pass. 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 As I lay hands. I release manifestation. I release manifestation. I release manifestation. 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 Quick manifestation. Quick manifestation. Quick, quick, quick. Speed it. Speed it. Speed it. Speed it manifestation. Speed it manifestation. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Speed it manifestation. Speed it manifestation. I announce quick manifestation quick successive simultaneous manifestation of these areas of dominion in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus 
In the name of Jesus. Mashata kaya mahandi. Rikatala basa. Inkatala makunda. Shalabakita labasa. Rekendele bobosa. Yakata libo shatalaka. Yakanda babasa. Rekendele bobosa. Yekendele bobosa. Yekendele bobosa. Yekendele bobosa. Yekendele bobosa. Yekendele bobosa. Shatakalabandi. 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 Manifestation. I declare manifestation. I declare manifestation. I declare manifestation in the name of Jesus. Manifestation of these things. Manifestation of these things. Manifestation of these things. Manifestation. Manifestation. We declare today, the 20th of January, 2018. Manifestations. 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 In the name of Jesus. Nothing shall fail. Nothing shall fail. Nothing shall fail. Nothing shall fail. In the name of Jesus, I release supernatural grace for manifestation. Supernatural grace for manifestation. Manifestation of grace. Manifestation of these things. Manifestation of these things. Manifestation. Manifestation of dominion in these areas. Dominion. 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 Dominion by the anointing of God. Dominion by the grace of God. Dominion by the anointing of the Spirit. 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 In the name of Jesus. 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 Divine ability for accomplishment. I release right now over these areas. Divine ability. Divine grace. Divine ability for actualization. For actualization, for actualization, for manifestation, for manifestation, divine ability, for manifestation, divine ability, for manifestation. Right now, right now, this ability is released upon these areas, upon these areas, upon these requests. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we give you thanks. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you glory. In Jesus' precious name, it is done. I said 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 it is done. And if you know that you know it is done, why don't you lift your voice and begin to bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Magnify Him. Father, it is done. It is done. It is done. It is done. In the name of Jesus. It is done. It is done. Thank you for manifestation. Thank you for actualization. Thank you for manifestation. Thank you for actualization. Thank you for manifestation. Thank you for actualization. Thank you for actualization. Thank you for actualization. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you thanks. Lord, we give you praise. In Jesus precious name we have given thanks hallelujah I said hallelujah as you're coming forward to get your papers your diaries your tablets iPads please congratulate someone and tell them congratulations because it is done for you it is done for you it is done for you 
congratulations because it is done for you. Hallelujah. We will lift our hands. Now may the Lord bless you. May he give you peace. Success and prosperity. Open doors on every side. May he give you all round dominion. I said all round dominion. In the mighty name of Jesus. From today, your life will never be the same. You are going forward. You are rising higher. You are breaking forth on every side. In the mighty name of Jesus. Your joy shall never be interrupted. Your battles are over. Your woes have come to an end. In the name of Jesus. You are a man of dominion. I said you are a man of dominion. In the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody shout I am a man of dominion. Hallelujah. Psalm 23 and verse number 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Praise God.